Welcome back to Higher, everyone. The podcast full of wicked stories from the job market and experts showing us how to succeed in it. Because we've all been there, haven't we? It's time to get unstuck. Now, I certainly hope that you have already enjoyed part one of this spectacular interview series with Jane Constantinis on how to communicate with confidence. If you haven't done so, um, it is episode 44, the one preceding this one. Now, this is part two simply because Jane and I are both communicators and we simply could not stop ourselves from jabbering on for absolutely ever. In this Part two, Jane is revealing some of her top tips on how to invoke the power of performance when you are in a negotiation situation, which, as artificial as it might sound, simply has to do with how you posture, what muscle you flex, how much authority you push into the room and ask for the things that you need. And believe it or not, this starts with how you enter the room and also how you exit it. So without further ado, let's go get it. Await the funky beat. May I um, offer uh, something else to do with um, those moments of difficulty that you've alluded to? Because um, it's it's something that I've developed in the last few years, and it's specifically to help people um, deal better with those moments when they're thrown onto the back foot Mm -hmm. and they feel that they've lost control and they're slightly panicking on the inside. And as you say, the temptation is to shut down the challenge for it to be over as quickly as possible. Um, So this is a technique that I call RATIO, R-A-T-I-O. That's the acronym. And it's a really good word because... It's also another list. (laughs) It's another list, I know. Um, You should should see my my to-do lists. Oh, my goodness, they're so long every single day. Mm. Do you ever, Tom, do you ever put something on a list in order that you can then cross it off? I think it is the most gratifying thing on the planet. I think it's fantastic. I've got it on my I have I have post-its that I sort of blot out. I've got email to-do lists. I'm trying to keep it centered actually on iPhone uh, in the notes app. There is a um a just sort of a list that when you click it then it becomes just this wonderful satisfying orange bubble and I just find it incredibly pacifying. So I love I love to-do lists. <laughs> I like it's, the it's, it's a shallow way to remain motivated, but it's like a quick yeah. dopamine hit for the lizard part of your brain yeah. uh, that doesn't yeah. think in greater sort of context or schemes, but it's, it's very passionate. <laughs> I like the process, the physical process of ticking off with a pen. Mm-hmm. Anyway, uh, we are digressing again. So ratio is a, is a really good word because the linguistic root of the word ratio is reasonable. And that is what we want to appear to be. So mm-hmm. let me very, very briefly run through what ratio is, the, the, the word, what the words mean. R, respect. Mindset. Respecting that the other person is allowed 
entitled <laughs> to mm. challenge you um, rather than another R, which is resent, because we can often think to ourselves, oh, God, here we go. Really? Honestly? I mean, were they not listening? I think I've already covered that. You can be doing that sort of thing in your head, can't you? Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Whereas, in fact, we need to do the, oh, okay, uh, let's find out more. Approach it with curiosity rather than resentment. So we respect that they're allowed to challenge us. A, ask. Ask for clarification. Oh, that's really interesting. Tell me what you're thinking there. Um, are you, um, do you mean A or B? It might mm -hmm. be, um, could you give me an example of what you're referring to there? So basically you're getting them talking more about the nature of the challenge. And of course, that buys you thinking time, mm -hmm. but it also demonstrates that you are properly respecting uh, their challenge and validating it. And I came across a really interesting uh, thing the other day written by some um, expert um, conflict uh, resolution um, and, and negotiation people. And they said, People who feel they have been listened to are more willing to listen. Fair, yeah. And, and that's really important, I think, in the context of any negotiation. So A is ask, and then you listen to what they say. T, think, process, out loud. Oh, that's really interesting. Yes, I get what you're suggesting there. And I see how uh, that was a really good solution to that problem uh, in that context or for that client or wh whatever, you know, but you're validating by thinking out loud. I, inform. The reason that I'm proposing this salary, this solution, uh, this strategy is because, and then we've got to have some evidence. So that's a sort of IE. We must support it with evidence. And then the O is offer. And this is how the, the challenge, the, the disagreement, if it's, if it's as strong as that, mm -hmm. the difference of opinion, is going to move forward. So it might be, okay, I'm going to read that article. Okay, I'm going to look at the figures. Okay, let me think about that. Let me go back and talk to the team about that. Let me consider how we can, how we can accommodate that. And, and then what's the next thing? I'll ring you, I'll email you, I'll set up a meeting, I'll put it on the agenda for next time. Obviously, that's not appropriate in every situation because mm -hmm. often it has to be resolved there and then in the moment. But there are many occasions when it doesn't need to be rushed. And I think often these situations can get out of hand because we rush them. And mm -hmm. both parties simply dig their heels in and try to prove I'm right, you're wrong. And that is no way to resolve conflict. It also allows you to take a big chunk. One, it's buying time. So as you're feeling pressed yep. against the wall, these are time buying, yes, yet very um, sage looking techniques that can mm. allow you to recover, take an internal deep breath while sort of keeping the pace high, not uh, as not to appear flummoxed by anything. Yeah. Versus I love the ending of it because it also... You assume complete power over the yes. fact that this particular topic is finished for now. So thank you for yeah. the challenging question. Mm -hmm. Let's 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 move on without yeah. being or seeming abrasive, which actually is a great uh, segue into the packaging and memorability yeah. um, segment. So just cruise straight along, Jane. What is yeah. that? Okay. So for packaging, um, 
there's there's one thing that that I want to offer, and that is structure. Um, We've talked about content, we've talked about gold nuggets, we've talked about treasure chests, we've talked about raised eyebrow moments. But I believe that structure is a very important communication tool in in allowing you to demonstrate that you're in control and in making your audience feel safe in your hands. Mm. It's a bit like a taxi driver. You know when you're in the back of a cab and the driver is going either too fast or driving erratically or taking a route that you don't think is correct. Mm -hmm. You feel uneasy and you can't relax into your magazine or your Twitter feed, can you? And when we're speaking out loud, however, however long it is, demonstrating that there is a structure, i.e. that we have prepared, that we have got a logical route through this particular piece of content will make them feel safe mm-hmm. and they can relax and properly concentrate. And, and the way we demonstrate structure is really simple. It's a thing that I like to call verbal punctuation. Um, and it can be this, it can be, okay, three, three key areas I'd like to cover. Apples, oranges, and bananas. Let me mm-hmm. begin with apples, talk about apples. Okay, in a moment, I'm going to move on to bananas. But first of all, let me, let me tackle everything around the issue of orange growing in Seville. Finish oranges, <laughs> and then, and finally, let me turn uh, our attention to uh, the issues around bananas. It can be that simple. Um, but very important that we think about those moments of transition from one chapter of content to another chapter of content, mm-hmm. because those are moments when we can make sure we've got their attention. I've already mentioned that, that attention span is shot to pieces. And we, we have to, I'm afraid, we have to accept, and it's really depressing, and I don't want to accept it, but we have to, that people are drifting in and out of consciousness, basically, uh, when other people are speaking out loud. And so these moments of transition, demonstrating that there's a structure, is as if you're, you're going, new mm-hmm. content coming. <laughs> mm-hmm. Are you in the room still? You look as if you are, but are you mentally? Um, super important. Which also uh, harkens back to the point of making the uh, the raised eyebrow moment happen, because anything that is slightly unpredictable yet pleasing will pull the listener or the reader of any piece of communication mm. um, back into what you were saying. I love the piece about I will tell you in three simple steps this and that. You cannot mm. imagine the number of times that I've done this, and then I couldn't remember the third one. Oh, so oh, what I often yes. like to do is there are a couple of key yeah. points to oh, remember, so I remain brilliant. slightly more. <laughs> Oh, Tom, that is so good. I, my, my word is various <laughs> or a number of or several, actually. Several is my favorite. Yeah, Several issues go at play here. <laughs> Let me take you through them one by one. And then it's, yeah. and then I might yeah. sum up and say, so those were the three. <laughs> and just to bring in a little joke, which also humor, humor, never to be underestimated. Which brings us to the last pillar, the last key pillar of effective persuasion, really, that um, is part of your toolkit is the performance element. And I love this in any negotiation because it's just so incredibly entertaining, to me anyways, this play, this back and forth with with the energies. But I'm also fully aware that, you know, someone might call this shallow because there is a bit of acting involved here. And I think if everybody is in on the secret that this is partially performative, also the other person at the person on the other side of the table, it can become quite uh, quite quite fun. But 
for you, this is the last key pillar. So fill us in. What is this about? And what are some of the practical guidelines we should all respect and tailor to our specific situation? Yeah, it's interesting there that you use the word acting. Um, I tend to shy away from that word because mm. I, I, I don't think it necessarily fits with the concept of authenticity yeah. and finding a version of you, of yourself. Uh, but you are 100% correct that there is a performance or delivery, I sometimes prefer to use the word delivery, element to this. Mm. And I believe there are two key things that we need to achieve um, and they appear on first inspection to be contradictory because they are energy and stillness mm -hmm. and the energy is a very particular kind of energy now if you're a stand-up comedian uh, then your energy is going to be walking pacing from one side of the stage to another um, mm -hmm. Steve Jobs used to use the full width of the stage brilliantly when he was giving presentations. So physical energy, if, if the context is correct. But usually um, in a, a negotiation situation, we're sitting mm -hmm. um, and of course we're, we're increasingly on, online. So what, what does energy mean? It's a sort of intensity. It's as if you have switched on a light inside of you. Mm -hmm. And it's something that I encourage people to practice um, in front of the laptop or, or, or in, a, in an empty meeting room. And it's very important that you can, at the, at the click of a, a finger, switch it on mm -hmm. and, and to notice or perhaps do it with a partner. I get people doing it with, with, with one other person in my training room. I get them to, and the image that I like to use, okay, my cat is, is asleep next to me on the, on the carpet here. Yeah. Um, any cat um, owners in the room will know this very well. When cats are agitated, they puff up their fur. They become, their tails in particular, bigger. Now, mm -hmm. they are still the same cat. They are authentic cat, but they've become a little bit slightly bigger and this is the phrase that I use with all of my clients big mm. cat big cat become the big cat and so that moment when you are going to lean forward uh, when you're going to start speaking we need to become the big cat and right. several things happen usually eyes become bigger faces become more animated posture often uh, becomes more upright um uh, we, we can gesture more. Gestures are good. Waving is bad. Um, it's different for each individual because it's got to be authentic. But that's the energy that I'm referring to. Mm -hmm. Alongside that, stillness is one of the strongest indicators of power, of confidence, of gravitas, of presence. And so we must also be able to be verbally, vocally and physically still. Mm -hmm. um, waving around is um, and moving around uh, demonstrates that we're uneasy. And you know, I had an experience of this yesterday. I, I said earlier on in this conversation that I see people transformed. I saw this woman transformed from, from the beginning of the day to the end of the day. Uh, at the beginning of the day, and she, she has to do a lot of negotiation in her, in her work, 
She was very fidgety. I'm very fidgety. So stillness is a big challenge for me. I'm constantly working on it. Mm-hmm. She was very fidgety. She was quite sort of crumpled in her in her body language, um, slightly hunched, looked very, very uneasy, very poor eye contact as well, flitting around the, the room. By the end of the day, honestly, she had stillness. She'd, she'd managed to hold her eye contact for one second longer mm-hmm. on each face. And she was a completely different person. It looked like she'd matured by about 15 years, mm-hmm. simply by harnessing the power of energy and stillness. Mm-hmm. So those are the two key things that, that I would want to draw attention to in relation to performance or delivery. Like you say, they seem to be slightly contrasting, but a wonderful friend of mine who is an art therapist described to me this concept of brand tension, the seeming paradox and opposites in every person that make them either more interesting if they've got lots of it, or very little if somebody is very linear and trying to just be this one thing. And I think the contrast between high energy gestures, movements, with then in very punctuated moments, yep. stillness, groundedness, oh, yeah. rootedness is mm. is incredibly compelling to to watch and to to behold, and something that you really can learn in time. Yep. It's almost like tact to music. So, thank yep. you very much for this delightful piece of advice. When we spoke ahead of this show. We also said, what is the sort of non-Googleable bits of information that we can bring here? And so far, I think everything has been. But let's translate the non-Googleable to the often overlooked, which to me in a negotiation setting, an interview setting is entering and exiting. So before we close this episode, we must give everyone out there a word of warning. From the moment that you arrive at the building you are interviewed at or where you are leading your negotiation to the moment you leave it and are out of sight, and I'm saying stepping off the bus or out of your car or back into the bus and into your car, you might be watched by somebody, the receptionist, the hiring manager who's passing by in a corridor and sees you approach with your shirt disheveled or you not being well put together. The same goes for a Zoom call, just saying digitally. Backdrop, is it proper? Is your shirt looking well? Are you appropriately dressed for the occasion? Are you well in frame? Are you projecting energy? Do you look bored? So entering and exiting in style to me is a huge part of the negotiation success. Entering anything, the the building, uh, the corridor, the room, entering the chair in which you're going to sit. So let's talk about it, Jane. What do you think? This is really just a bit of open chitter-chatter. Oh, yeah, absolutely. And uh, I came across something a few years ago now that I, uh, when I've been physically, obviously, back in offices, have been putting into practice. Mm -hmm. And it was around when you're waiting in reception to be collected and you don't know whether you're going to be collected by someone very senior who will be interviewing you or taking part in the negotiation or you, you just don't know who it's going to be. Typically, what people are doing in reception when they're waiting Mm -hmm. is sitting down, hunched over a phone Mm -hmm. and with their bag on the floor. When the the person arrives to collect you and they say, hello, Jane, uh, you have to scramble around to 
pick up your bag, put your phone away, and the hunched over um, feeling um, actually diminishes you. Mm. And so the advice that I read is to be standing in reception, mm-hmm. not hunched over your phone, um, with your bag on, on a seat, so it's, it's more easily accessible. You don't have to bend down uh, to get it. And therefore, when the person walks up and goes, Jane, hello, you simply turn around, proffer your hand if, if we're touching people again. Um, bag is, is, is all practically already in your hand and you walk off uh, very uh, confidently and strongly. Um, and and I, I, I took that on board and put it into practice. And honestly, I felt different. And this is all part of a much bigger body of work. Amy Cuddy is an advocate of this work, the relationship between the external and the internal, basically. Mm -hmm. Our behaviours, our habits, the things we do on the outside, how it makes us feel on the inside. And the business of being hunched over, there's evidence, they've done some research on this. Being hunched over a phone, being hunched over a laptop makes us feel less powerful And at that moment, when we have the first interaction with the important stakeholder, Mm -hmm. we want to be feeling at our maximum in terms of power. What do you think about that, Tom? I think you're completely right. And the sneaky thing about this is that these are all things that happen, that are tangible, they have an effect on our presentation, and you get there registered by our subconscious. So as an observer, seeing somebody hunched over in, on the flip side also gives you greater agency over them or a perceived sense of superiority and yeah. power. So I think uh, standing in the reception is a wonderful piece of advice. Um, and the same goes for uh, Zoom meetings or Zoom interviews. Be sure that posture is strong. Sit mm. at the front of your chair rather than being slouched yep. backwards. Yes. There might be moments where a more relaxed posture might be helpful, which is generally more inviting, less threatening, allowing space for the other person as you literally move further away from them. Um and then I could talk about this for hours because I love entering and exiting in style, obviously, because slightly dramatic. Um, but the, but the, I just want to make a very um, important note about then leaving because we spoke about mm. leave the building. You know, don't immediately go on your phone. Don't rip your shirt out of your pants. Don't eat that pastrami sandwich until you're out of sight. Um, dripping mayonnaise all over the show. I think the way that you be sure that you're the one that closes the negotiation. I'm not saying by having the last argument that you put on the table, but by repeating something about your experience, by giving an ensured look. If you if you uh, think this went well, and if you decide that this is an opportunity that you want, because remember everybody, an interview is not an interrogation, it's a dialogue. Yeah. Um, be sure that you're the one that if you're in a physical setting and it's COVID safe and uh, you can touch, that you lean slightly forward and you give that encouraging, not dominating, handshake. You mm. project an energy that is so assuring that this was a good moment, an experience for everybody, that the rest just cannot help but be infected. Leave them on a positive note. Leave them happy. Leave them possibly mm. wanting more. Think about this as you plan your interview or your negotiation as to if it goes well, 
these are the people I've assessed who they are. How do I leave them? Do I have something fun to say? Do I know that one of them loves to go on vacation in Seville? And can I say, I love Seville too, by the way. I hope to see you there one day. Bring that memorable last soundbite. But as I said, this can go on forever and ever. But already my mind is completely blown. We've been at it for about an hour. So I'm thinking actually to make this episode a two-part release. We'll see about that later. But Wow, Jane, you've given us so much to think about. And as promised or threatened in the beginning, what are your top three tips that anybody can and should start implementing straight after listening to this episode, part one or part two, um, to get to where they want to be in their career when it comes to persuasion, negotiation, interviewing? So I'm obviously not going to repeat anything that we've already said. Everything we've already talked about, audience mapping, um, authenticity, preparation, panning for gold, raised eyebrow moments, structure, verbal punctuation, the ratio technique, all of this super important. Mm. But three things that we haven't spoken about yet, three top tips. One is rehearsal. Mm -hmm. I am passionate. Well, I'm passionate about many things, as you've gathered, but I am passionate about the power of rehearsal and I think it's probably because I've worked in broadcasting on and off Mm -hmm. for 25 years um, live announcing on BBC television news reading on BBC television etc etc for me the idea that I would ever speak out loud to an important group of people words that have never come out of my mouth before this to me is horrific and unacceptable Mm -hmm. so my great proposition to people is that they become comfortable talking out loud to themselves because basically that's what rehearsal is and rehearse little bits of content here there and everywhere Mm -hmm. Um, when you've got a few moments rehearsal does not have to be I was going to say a big song and dance but of course if it's for 42nd street it is a big song and dance Mm -hmm. so while the kettle's boiling while the coffee's percolating while you're waiting for the pasta to cook Get some of those words out of your mouth in advance. Mm -hmm. Magical things happen when you say things out loud. And what I, I always make people do this in the training room. I get them to prepare a small piece of content. So it might be something to do with uh, a, a mini CV. And then I send them away and tell them to rehearse it three times back to back. They come back into the room and they go, oh, that was really interesting. So it looked all right in the notes that I'd created. It sounded all right in my head. But the first time I said it out loud, I realized it didn't really work and Mm. that I'd missed out some really important points or that the order was not right. So I fixed that in the second one. And then some more things came up. And Mm -hmm. the third time it was really, really good. So rehearse. Rehearse in particular when you know that you want to ask for a certain amount of money because we all feel like we don't deserve most of us do. Mm. Um, And it's almost it's it can choke you. And it's yep. a tell that if you yep. don't confidently put that number on the table as, as I know that this is what I deserve, the question yep. is, can you pay it to me or do you not have the financial means to do so? Then maybe let's settle for something else. But especially this money thing, your per mm. hour salary, is if you're a freelancer, it can crush you if you've never never said this number out loud before. So just that as an FYI. Yeah. Yep. Um, second thing is um, small talk. 
And it shouldn't be called small talk. It should be called huge talk Mm -hmm. because uh, in the context of negotiation, it is very, very important. I came across a piece of research the other day, business school students learning Mm -hmm. negotiation, split into two groups, sent into two different rooms to do role play negotiations. One of them told to go into the room and do some small talk, some chit chatting. The other Mm -hmm. group told not to do that, to walk in and get straight down to the negotiation. Guess what? The small talkers had a 90% success rate in the negotiation, and the non-small talkers, their success rate was only 55%. How interesting. Yeah, this is an absolutely vital business tool. The ability to make human connections with people Mm -hmm. and in negotiation in particular it sets the groundwork for the conversation as you call it and I'm very happy to hear you call it a conversation you know instead of an interview Um, it sets the groundwork for a a, a successful conversation Mm -hmm. so if you're not good at small talk if you fear it um, it's another thing that we can learn to be better at um, and it, it, it simply requires a, a few a few tools that we haven't got time to go into here. Maybe that's another podcast. Yet another episode. Please do come back. <laughs> <laughs> and my third and final tip is to do with underwear, Tom. And uh, yes, lucky pants, <laughs> lucky underpants. Um, in my training room, I always have three props on the table when people walk in. One is a plastic turd, and that's about strong content. It's the um, the PR saying you can't polish a turd. And I have a piece of wrapping paper, which is packaging. And then I have a pair of knickers, brand new, with the obviously with the label on. Um, and I love to see people's reaction to that. Um, many many don't mention them at all. Uh, it's very strange. Anyway, so the the, the knickers, the pants. Uh, They are about confidence. Um, Right at the beginning, we talked about building blocks of confidence, confidence Mm -hmm. being a muscle. And there are some huge building blocks, such as preparation. And there are some teeny weeny building blocks, marginal gains, one of which, and you mentioned this, is what we wear. And I find This is just between you and me, obviously, and the many people listening. I find for a very high stakes situation, a brand new pair of pants does it for me. Uh, Puts a little spring in my step. (laughs) (laughs) However tense the conversation, I know that I've got my new pants on and all is well in the world. Um, So for some people, it will be pants. It might be shoes. It might be a fabulous shirt or tie or a brilliant hairdo. For me, it's, it's a marginal. Really, I love this. For me, it's uh, it's often it's a scarf, or oh. it is um, depending on the the more severe. I suspect the conversation is going to be mm. the more the the more I dress slightly counterintuitively to that. So if I know this is a very high level NGO with very serious sort of human rights lawyerly people, I might have a pair of. Um, cow patterned sunglasses on my head Mm. but that is because that works for me and it works with my personality and it works with with what i tend to 
uh, sort of extend as the memorable piece about me, which is this, this slight wickedness, slight awkwardness, slight, oh. slight, slight, <laughs> slight out of touch with the moment um, thing has worked well so far, but everybody's got this, this, you know, their own very unique piece that yeah. they can offer forward. And I think through clothes, yeah. whether it's visible or invisible, I'm thinking Robbie Williams, um, rock DJ underwear. Um, what, what are you referring to there? Uh, when he's dancing in the middle of the sort of skate ring and the infamous like lion, golden lion knickers that Robbie Williams was wearing oh, in this yes. video. If you don't know about it, do look it up. It's wonderful. I, I will look it up. <laughs> I mean, it, it is it is part of, of the, the body of work that I was referring to earlier, Amy Cuddy, and then mm. uh, much earlier, a, a man called William James, the father of American psychology, who started to make the connections between the external and the internal. And, you know, I had an experience of this the other day, really tangible, I was, it was very hot. I was going to uh, a big client office in Canary Wharf. I'd gone on the tube in my flip flops. Mm -hmm. I had my posh shoes in my bag. I do and as too. I, yes, as I walked from the tube station to their office, everybody around me is suited and booted. And I was in flip flops. Honestly, Tom, I felt diminished. I felt, really? yeah, I did, less powerful than them. I got to the reception. Uh, I got, I got my, my posh shoes out. I put them on. Oh, my goodness. It was a really tangible, physical thing. I suddenly felt more powerful. Isn't this a wonderful, wonderful lesson for everybody? You really have to find what, what makes you feel like you can rock the boat and rule yep. the world. Because for me, it's almost like they say the... The rich dress in Hermes, the super rich dress in TJ Maxx pajamas. Okay. Interesting. And yeah. for me, it would be slightly the opposite. If I'm flip-flop rocking it uh, mm. past in a place, a business complex or what have you, where everybody else is so incredibly concerned with the lacquer of their shoes, mm. I feel power. I feel empowered through being so utterly unconcerned um, about my not that i don't look well put together but about the attire and the rules of this place so me yeah. breaking them gives me agency interesting but again Ooh. this is a complete it, it really depends on your personality and what makes you uh what makes you what makes your heart sing really and yeah. um, for me it's this jane thank you so much for your many wisdoms and for your time and for being here and for hopefully coming back one day because this was glorious Oh, thank you, Tom. I've really enjoyed our conversation and I've really enjoyed all the nuggets that you have given me. So thank you for that. Oh, what a delight. Only to, I live to be of service. Um, anyways, this is it for today, everybody. Be sure to hop down into the description box and go find Jane, go follow Jane, go stand Jane, and obviously also the Higher Career Podcast on the applicable links that you can find down below. Uh, and with that in mind, let's go get it. <laughs>